What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. I'll be honest with you. It's been kind of tough to get motivated. Got a lot of stuff to do around here. There's a lot going on. I'm kind of kind of pinned into the message boards these days. Uh, there's been a lot of news to report. We're going to break that down today and talk about, you know, some rumors, some things that I've heard, and uh, some things that could possibly come to be. That's what we do. It's part of the gig. You know, it's not always good news. I think it's important to understand that. You know, this time last week we were on top of the world. Jaden Cromartie's coming back, Bookie Watson's coming back, Jed Johnson's coming back, and this week it's been completely different. It seems, seems like every time we turn around, there's negative news surrounding the Bulldog football program. We have reached a point where college football is now a 365-day-a-year news cycle. There really is no, quote, off-season. And this is the first year of the transfer portal window that started December the 5th. It runs 45 days. And so as a result, there's a lot of news. And we got the December signing period coming up here in a couple weeks. That'll be big. Then we'll have Christmas. Then it'll be bowl time. Then we'll be in the home stretch as we push into the February signing period. And shortly thereafter, you know, we'll get a little time off and the college baseball begins and then spring football begins. So there, you know, it's always something. It's good for us and bad for us at the same time. If you're like me, you're very passionate about Mississippi State, which is why you listen to podcasts such as these. You want to know what's going on. And so I feel it's my responsibility to tell you. I don't want to be that guy like after the fact. Because says, yeah, we've heard a little bit about that. And sometimes that is the case. But uh, I've been very you know, forthright, I guess. If you're a member of jeanspage.com, you know, of course, the last two nights in a chat session, and we do recap that, put that in the bones for all our members. I've shared with you some things that could potentially be on the horizon of the negative variety. So there you go. We're going to talk at length about that today on today's show. I want to provide you guys, too, a bit of an athletic director hiring search update. From what I understand, I've talked to multiple sources. This week, Dr. Mark Keenum and the committee going through some Zoom interviews with, I guess you would call them the semifinalists. 
from there, they will pare the list down to two or three finalists and bring them to campus for an in-person interview. Have them, give them a chance to go see things and kind of get to know everybody in person. And uh, some names that are still associated with the job, of course, Jared Banco, AD at Georgia Southern. John David Wicker, a Mississippi State alum at San Diego State. Got my notes here somewhere. Uh, of course, there is um, Larch there at Memphis. I don't think that that I don't think that he's a priority guy. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't think so. Based on what I'm hearing, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, let me make sure we get that name right. Let's make sure we get it right. That's one of the uh, easiest things that we can do, right, is get somebody's name right. That's an important part of life, right, getting people's name right. Yeah, Laird Vich. Laird Vich is his name. Big fundraiser. Matt Borman at LSU. He's also uh, in the mix there. And then, of course, um, yeah, a couple other names, I guess you could say. You know, we'll see. We'll see how things go. It's kind of important to understand how this is a process. And it's one of those things, too, Zach Selman from Oklahoma. That's who we're referring to. So those are some of the names. It may not be all the names. You know, last week I was gone, and i I'll be honest with you, I tried to unplug and just kind of reconnect with the wife a little bit, and uh, it's always good for my mental health. You know what I'm saying? It's like to be with the person that was down for me before when nobody else was, it's important, man. That's my identity is wrapped up in every bit of that, right? Everything that I have today, I shared this on Facebook recently. If you love me, you love her. That's a big reason of uh, all the things I've been able to accomplish is through her love and support. And so when I'm out there, I'm, out, I'm with her, right? I mean, yeah, when she's sleeping or working, I'll try to get some work done and things like that. But when she's available, I try to be available. And so I was kind of unavailable to, uh, to a lot of people here. So I get back on Monday and begin to return some of those text messages and calls and things like that and just try to get caught back up. And so that's kind of, you know, while we've had kind of a, I guess, an influx of information over at jeanspage.com, it's now really, really back on the job full time, you know, for a stretch. And uh, a little programming note, too. There is not going to be much in the way of uh, programming on this show later this month. Is uh, I'm going to be in the Bahamas. You know, I was going to take that summer vacation. Had a kid that tested positive for COVID, even though he wasn't sick, and you had to have a positive, a negative test to get on the ship. So we postponed it. And again, it's one of those things too. You never know in life, you know, why things get moved the way they do. But um, I'm excited about the trip. I think it's worked out good for us. So I will not cover the the bowl game. Uh, Mike Nemeth. David Murray, Mansell Gary will go cover for us. I believe Robbie is going. I'm not certain about that, but I believe Robbie's going to go. But uh, we'll have full coverage down there. But uh, your good friend and host is going to take some much-needed downtime. And I know you, you support that. I encourage you to take some downtime. Always, always, always prioritize the people that matter most to you in life. And that's a lesson sometimes that I'm still learning. I'm a bit of a workaholic, in case you hadn't noticed. I enjoy the work. It's a passion for me. But sometimes I've got to hit the pause button and plug back in with the people that, uh, that I love the most. So I'm going to do that. Really the first vacation I'm taking, you know, forever in a day. And it's like I even thought about, you know, maybe I'll bring my stuff and record while I'm out there. I don't know. I don't know if that's the way to go about it. We'll see. We'll see. I doubt it, though. I'm going to really just kind of take truly some downtime. Probably won't even log on to the message boards. 
But I got some other things I'm working on too. You know, we are uh, we're in the process too of uh, pursuing another business. You know, so we'll, I'll have some information on that as we get a little bit closer. Of course, these things take forever and a day. But I uh, had, had a very productive uh, conference call yesterday in that respect. And that kind of dates back to Friday, too. Friday was a big day for me. It could be a huge day for me. You know, we had a big conference call and then had, uh, you know, some talk about the business and things like that. So there's a couple of things, some big things that are happening maybe in my life potentially. And so if you're of the praying kind, we certainly... Uh, covet your thoughts and prayers as we try to bring these things to fruition. One of the places you never have to pray over is Bulldog Burger Company. You might want to say grace before you eat your meal, but uh, they're going to come through for you. Good people doing a great job feeding the masses of the Golden Triangle. It's the Eat With Us group, and part of that incredible enterprise is Bulldog Burger Company. I love Bulldog Burger Company. I love them more than a friend. I suspect you do too. Get the spring rolls is your appetizer. They will make you and everybody around you better looking. And we all need more of that. That great restaurant quality hamburger without rival. I love going in there and eating. I do. I love to get it to go. I love to get it in person. I love the service. I love the pricing. I love the portions. So many people out there cutting back on portions, charging you the same price, and in some cases charging you an extra price. It's like you get the um, you get the convenience fee, you get the overcharge fee, other places, you know. So you're paying more for the the same meal you got before. In some cases, less. That's just not the case at Bulldog Burger Company. People of integrity. Three great locations to serve you: University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, and Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Be sure and go check them out today. You'll be glad you did. Get that dessert to go. I'm a big fan of that. About 10 minutes before your meal is over, let them know. I'd like to get a chocolate shake to go. I think that should be a movement across the country. The dessert to go. Bring it with you. I like that palate cleanser. I really do. I really do. And you can drink it on the way home. By the time you get home, you're done. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right. I love all of you, but some of you make my head hurt. I'm just telling you, I'm saying it out of love. I've tried to prepare you for this. I have done my best to be upfront and informative that we are going to have guys go on the portal. We have guys in the portal. Some of them you're unhappy about. May have some more go on the portal. But let's take a look in the proper context. All right? Bear with me here. Okay, looking at the transfer portal as it stands right now, and this is uh, around 1 o'clock on Wednesday. Could have some guys go in today. You just never know. The latest was Gabe Cavazos, offensive lineman. He likes to go in the portal. You may recall Gabe Cavazos was, a, was an early high school graduate. He got here early, got homesick, and left. Did not go through spring practice. Handled his academic responsibilities online. Rejoined the team when we came in for the summer. He gave it a go. It hadn't worked out. He's in the portal. I won't be the least bit surprised if Gabe Cavazos just decides to give up on college football. He's a great young man. I hate it for him. I hate it for his family. He has an opportunity to do some big things, and uh, it's just never come together. I think in the end, I think maybe he didn't truly embrace the opportunity that he had. Walk-on log snapper Rex Robich, great guy as well. But, you know, Hayes Hammonds kind of got that thing nailed down. He is going into the portal 
in hopes of a scholarship opportunity somewhere. You don't begrudge him that. You hope it works out. Two days ago, Katravian Hargrove, Bull Hargrove, no surprise there. You know, he tried to go in the portal earlier before the, uh, the window was open, but, it, you know, his intentions were always known. It's no surprise. And I mentioned this, you know, I think last week. We expected him to go in the portal. The thing that I would say, and this is not a criticism of, of Bull Hargrove, it's just kind of the reality. If we're beating Louisiana Tech for a four-star running back late, it's probably scratch and dent, right? There, there's obviously something we don't know. And getting him on campus and, you know, everybody raved about him in the beginning. It's like, hey, this guy's really good. You know, he's got good foot speed. He just could not embrace the nuances of the game. He couldn't play well without the football. Struggled to catch football in space. Struggled in pass protection. It's just never come together with him. He's frustrated. I think now it's a situation where um, he just needs a fresh start. And maybe that's on the FCS level. But I appreciate Bull Hargrove's contributions to Mississippi State football. I believe he gave his best effort. It simply didn't work out. And, of course, there's Ra-Ra Thomas. He was a three-star coming out of high school, but now after a couple of years at Mississippi State, he is rated a four-star transfer. So he has elevated his ranking. And, listen, this is not a good thing for Mississippi State. I'm not one of these kind of people that's going to say, oh, well. And, listen, here's the deal. Let's be honest about Ra-Ra. He was inconsistent at times. And I had this discussion on the message board here a couple of days ago. Somebody said, I don't blame him for leaving. Mike Leach labeled him inconsistent. Well, you know, Mike didn't label him inconsistent. Ra-Ra was inconsistent. That's not to say that he doesn't have tremendous ability. He does. Guy caught a lot of passes for us. Guy's amazing body control. I think he's a star in the making, unfortunately. It's not going to be at Mississippi State, less than the dramatic changes. But he's off the roster, uh, has not participated in team activity since he went into the portal. I wish him the best, provided he didn't go to Ole Miss. But the reality of it is, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing to lose Ra-Ra. Not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, we can match his production. I don't know that we can. You know, going into the portal has been a dicey proposition for Mississippi State. You know, Jordan Mosley, we do think some big things are coming from him. No, really no impact at all this year. Justin Robinson, midway through the year, kind of figured some things out. So you kind of understand going into this deal, you'd much rather have Ra-Ra Thomas in year three than you would a brand-new player, no matter their upside. Give me production over potential. So, yeah, that's going to be difficult because you're not going to be able to find a Makai Polk. Scooby Ford also in the portal. And Scooby, of course, is a guy that uh, was granted a scholarship here during his time at Mississippi State. He's elected to move on and did, didn't play much at all this year. Replacing him won't be as difficult. And, again, that's not a shot at him. But when you, when you look at the production, you know, we'll be able to find somebody that can match and probably exceed his production. We wish him the best. He wants to get on the field somewhere. We talk about it all the time on this show. You only get a short time in life to play sports. And if I, I would rather be a starter on an average team than a bench warmer on a, a great team. That's just me. I want to compete. And the same can be said for Daniel Greek. Now, we felt basically since Daniel Greek got here that he was a transfer in waiting. A, a young man that was part of a two-quarterback class, he knew that coming in. He came in. He competed. It never really came together for him. He is a great young man. I'm just not sure he can play at this level. That's not to say that he can't go to a G5 school and eventually become a starter there. He has some, some physical skill. 
But we knew when he and Salia Robertson both signed in the same class that at some point one of those two is going to transfer. And in the end, they both may transfer. I think Salia Robertson will see it through in the spring and then maybe make a decision then. But Daniel Greek, I mean, has really just kind of been a guy on the roster since he's been here. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Daniel Greek, uh, his dad had a relationship with former Bulldog assistant Dave Nickel. That was the connection there. Gave him an opportunity to come in here. And I'm sure he's better for the experience. I don't know that Mississippi State is better for the experience because he never really got a chance to prove himself on the field. But he is a guy that you talk to anybody within our program, they'll tell you he's a great guy. He was a good teammate. Didn't cause problems. Came in there and worked hard, did the best he could, and competed. It just didn't work out. It's better off for him to go somewhere else rather than languish on the bench for five years. Again, you only got a limited amount of eligibility. Archer Trafford, who I thought this year had a good year at times. I mean, we had a couple bad games here and there. But as, as punters, it was kind of an adventure. But Archer, of course, transfers to state from uh, Air Force. I believe he has his degree. I don't know for certain. But uh, an a absolutely fine young man. Absolutely outstanding person. Sp- had a chance to spend some time with Archer. And uh, he's the kind of guy that if you married your daughter, you'd feel really good about life. Some of y'all would want him to get a haircut. I wouldn't. He'd probably enjoy having me as a father-in-law. But Arthur Trafford, a good punter, but an even better person. And the guy's got a big leg. I mean, he can hit some monsters. He can hit some missiles. Struggled at times with consistency, but by and large, punting was pretty good this year. But you wish Archer the best. I mean, again, just a fabulous young man. And uh, think an awful lot of him. He's the kind of guy that down the road you'd want to hire. You know, I mean, just a guy of character. And there's Reed Byes. You know, I feel really close to Reed Byes and his family. You know, Reed's a guy that had been to my camps before. Uh, Reed's a guy that, um, you know, I've known of his family for a long time. They're a blended state and Ole Miss family. And Reed's dream was to come to Mississippi State and play. He got the opportunity, went to junior college, came in here, played a couple years, uh, didn't get a lot of snaps. Didn't make any waves. Loved Mississippi State, wanted to do whatever he could. If that meant played on a scout team to get the first team defense ready for a ball game, it's what he did. And, of course, his beautiful and lovely sister, Anna Elizabeth, of course, former Miss Mississippi, uh, has sent me some very nice messages about my support of Reed. And uh, I will continue to be a friend to the Baez family. I suspect the rest of my life. I, I really like them all. His dad, of course, uh, played baseball at Ole Miss. Mom went to Mississippi State. They're just good people. And I need as many good people in my life as I can find, right? And, and I, I wish Reed, Reed buys the best. Doesn't matter to me if he plays at Delta State, Jackson State, Texas State, Blue Mountain State. Makes no difference to me. I will be a Reed buys fan, and I hope he gets an opportunity to get on the field somewhere and, and to compete and play the game that he loves. So, you know, there's none, none of these guys you, that leave and you've kind of got to burn a saddle about unless it's rah-rah. Just because – and that's not necessarily a shot at him. It's really kind of a, you know, a tip of the cap to him because we need him. We need him. You know, the rest of the guys that are in the portal, you look at and say, you know what, you, you could probably easily replace those guys. I just don't know if that's the case, you know, with rah-rah. But I want to make sure people understand we, we are not alone here. Like I – Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. 
and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like somebody messaged me earlier today, are we going to have enough players to play the bowl game? And I'm like, what? What? How negative are you that that's where we are? We're going to have to play? We've got 120 people on the roster. All right, so again, let's go back to this. Scholarship guys, and I don't know everybody else's scholarship numbers, but total number of guys in the portal for state, what is it, eight now? One, two, three, four, five, six, see, eight. Eight. And six of those are scholarship guys, and one of those is a walk-on guy that played his way into a scholarship. So really only five guys you signed as signees. But let's put it in context, okay? Let's take some time because I know many of you have not had the time to look at this. Maybe you haven't taken the time because maybe you want to wallow in the maroon and white mire and say, oh, woe is us. This only happens to us. It doesn't just happen to us. And I wish at 247 Sports, maybe we would number these things a little bit better. But uh, let's look at Alabama. (laughs) JoJo Earl, one of the newest ones in there. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. And that's counting the punter, Jack Martin. So 14 players, I don't know how many of them are on scholarship. And looking at these, you know, the numbers here, I would suspect that maybe at least a dozen of these guys are on scholarship. And that's Alabama. And people are like, oh, well, you know, Mississippi State, you know, people don't like our scheme. You don't think they like Alabama's scheme? You don't think they like winning over there? All right, let's go back and look a little bit more here, right? Let's look at Arkansas. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 
12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16 in Arkansas. Now, a couple of those guys are specialists, so I know they're walk-ons, but it's a dozen or more scholarship guys, including Malik Hornsby, who had a great game against us, including Eric Thomas, an edge rusher there, Miles Slusher, who is a, an outstanding player. <clears throat> Maybe Mississippi State will take a swing at him. And then four-star wide receiver Keytron Jackson. Oh, but Steve, I thought it was just us. No, it's not just us. All right, let's look at Auburn. You guys know Auburn, right? Yeah, just recently hired Hugh Freeze. Let's take a quick look at here at who all they have in the portal. They had a four-star defensive lineman, Zakevius Walker, go in the portal today. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten in the portal. And that's and that, what's what's going to happen when Hugh Freeze has his uh, exit meetings with those guys? Will there be some more guys leave then? Probably so. All right, let's look at Florida. Because nobody leaves the Blue Bloods, right? It's only us, right? Florida, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, including Griffin McDowell, 12, 13, 14. So 14 guys, and Griffin McDowell, of course, former Mississippi State commit, commitment, followed John Hevesy to Florida. He's in the portal. No surprise there. But the thing about it is you look at these Florida guys, most of them are four stars including cornerback Kamar Wilcoxon, defensive lineman Jalen Lee. I mean, so you got some talent. You know, Florida kind of stocking the portal up for everybody else. Let's look at the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, I don't suspect they'll have much now, and they don't. Bill Norton, defensive lineman, went in today. Maybe he didn't make the travel roster for the playoff. I don't know how that thing works. But, you know, Georgia didn't have a bunch of transfers last year, and you wouldn't expect them to because, well, they were national champions. But there will be some guys once the season is over for those guys going to portal. Let's look at Kentucky. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One of those is Cavassier Smoke, a running back who will officially visit Mississippi State next weekend. Another name of note is Quintel Jones. Went in the portal yesterday. He was the guy that wanted to commit to Mississippi State. We elected not to take him. He went with Kentucky, and everybody said, Steve, I can't believe this. So, guys, I don't think he can play in the SEC. And now here he is leaving Kentucky. Wish him the best. Wish him the best. But uh, he was not going to be an SEC player. And, of course, people were beating us up last year, and beating up Mike Leach, and everybody goes, I can't believe he wouldn't take this guy. Why? Because well, he wanted to come? Can he play? I don't think he can. All right, let's look at LSU. They haven't had a lot, but they've had some names of significance here in the last couple couple days. Demarius McGee, a four-star corner. Jack Bash, an LSU legacy, goes into the portal. That's two, three, four, and five. So we had five guys, uh, excuse me, we had four guys, four guys go into the portal this season. Three in the last uh, couple days. So not, not a big rash there at LSU, which makes you wonder, too, how many can they sign? You know, everybody's got a hard cap of 25 now. Excuse me, 85. You know, you don't have the annual limit anymore. you just got the overall 85, which is probably the way to go about it. All right, let's look at Missouri. Les Hewitt, Tyler McMakin. Let's just count them here. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And Dominic Lovett, big-time wide receiver. We'll take a swing at him. So even, even Missouri having some issues up there. 
Let's look at your your uh, second favorite team, the team you love to hate, the Ole Miss Rebels. All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That includes Dennis Jackson, who quit in the middle of the year. Luke Altmaier, of course, in Starville High School. Wish Luke the best. Kentrell Bullock from my hometown. Knew he was making a mistake going up there. And then there's uh, four-star Damon Clowney, who basically, name recognition, got him a four-star, the cousin of Jadavion Clowney. And, of course, MJ Daniels. Isaiah Woolard from PCS, a young man that uh, they were going to gray shirt, and it was all this back and forth, and, and now he's in the portal too. You know, and so you wish these kids the best, but, you know, again, it's not just Mississippi State. We're just kind of acutely aware of what happens here because we love Mississippi State so much. And it's like when somebody leaves, we, we almost want to take it personally. It's rarely ever a personal situation. Okay, South Carolina, they're kind of a hot name right now, too. They're, they're dealing with some losses, too. One, two, three, including four-star tight end uh, Jaheim Bell. That was a big surprise to many. And so a half dozen for them so far. So far. Let's dig a little deeper, shall we? You know, sometimes when, like, when you're trying to toggle between something and it's like you know you're doing it right, and, like your computer like has other ideas, That's I'm dealing with that now. All right, Tennessee, big year for those guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, including Jimmy Holiday former Mississippian in the portal for Tennessee. Still interested to see what their sanctions are going to be. That's going to be interesting. Our Texas A&M, we're almost done. Texas A&M, how much fun is it out there? How much fun is it out there? Remember, that was all the talk as they went out and signed all these kids at a number one recruiting class in America, this huge NIL war chest. So let's take a look and see how things are going. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Take a breath. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one. Twenty-one players in the portal, and again, some of those are specialists, so they're walk-ons. But you've got a handful of four-star kids here. Like uh, quarter, four-star quarterback Eli Stowers in the portal. Four-star running back L.J. Johnson in the portal. Four-star edge rusher Donnell Harris in the portal. Four-star corner Josh Morton, Moten in the portal. Four-star defensive lineman Marcus Burris in the portal. Four-star linebacker Andre White Jr. Portal. Four-star, excuse me, five-star cornerback Denver Harris in the portal. You don't think things are bad at College Station, Texas? They got nearly an entire two, an entire uh, team in the portal with 21 guys in the portal. And so I say that in hopes of giving you a little context. This is not a Mississippi State issue. It is a college football issue, and it is naive of us to think that we're not going to be impacted by that. We are. We have been. But when you, I think when you look at our losses compared to others, it's tough. I think we've come out so far in pretty good shape. Now, that's not to say that there's not some more guys going in the portal. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But I say all that to illustrate the fact that it is not just happening to us. In fact, it is probably happening to us at this point on a lesser scale than it is other programs. 
And again, we got 45 days to deal with this. I guess it's 43 days left, 42 days left, six more weeks. And then there'll be some guys after the bowl game around the country that go into the portal. They're going to say, you know what, I'm going to go play with my brothers, and I'm going to go in the portal, and I'll find somewhere else to go, and I'll enroll in the spring, and I'll give it a shot somewhere else. So there's going to be another rash of this. You know, right now you're getting the guys that aren't interested in playing in a bowl game. I think that's one of the reasons you see A&M's list so lengthy is the fact they've got no bowl game to prepare for. There are no practice sessions. These guys are now just kind of thinking about an exit strategy. But there will be another rash that may include some of our guys. But it's happening everywhere. And I just wanted to give you the SEC to give you a little context because that's a league in which we play in. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, well, everything is okay. I mean, no, it's not everything is okay. It's not, but it's not about who you lose. It's who you replace them with. You know, if I lose Ra-Ra Thomas and then I go get some kid that was a redshirt freshman last year that's never played a down of college football, that's not a good trade for me. It's not. And even if I can find somebody with the same measurables and the same times and the same ability, that's not a good trade for me either. But what if I can get, go, go get somebody that perhaps is more accomplished? Than Rara. Well, then that's a, that's a good trade for us. But it, all things being equal, I want Rara Thomas to stay. There is always a possibility that he could. I just think it's very, very, very slim. I don't expect it. And I, th- I think there's little chance of that happening. But it's not about who you lose. It's about who you play with. And, again, you look at this offense, you begin to think, okay, there's some pieces out there. And there's some, listen, there's some guys that send out some cryptic tweets and things like that. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, some of the people I've talked to in college football – have said, you know what, we're not going to let kids hold us hostage. We're not going to do it. Not when there are people of equal or greater talent available to us in the NCAA transfer portal. You know, so when you, know, when you tweet out the little eyes thing or that kind of stuff, you're, you're kind of putting your scholarship situation at risk. You are. It'd be one thing, like if you're Eric Moulds, yeah, we're going to kind of put up with some of that, right? If, you know, if you're Justin Johnson – we might put up with a little bit of it, you know, but if, if you're just, you know, a guy that's just kind of breaking in, why would you do that? It's not a good look. Oh, well, I want more, more money from the Bulldog Initiative. Take the train. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We've already got a deal. Now I'm like, well, you know, okay, cool. Take the train. You know, one of the things about life that I have learned <clears throat> is the person doing the begging has no control in a relationship. It doesn't matter if it is a personal relationship or a professional relationship. Know your value, know your worth. And also, when you know your options, you don't have to be quite as patient, right? So it's important to understand that. And so if, if I'm a guy out here and I'm just kind of a nondescript player, let, let's say I'm a two-deeper and I'm out there making some plays, I'm not – don't go get cute. That's my advice to you. Don't go get cute. Because there's another guy out there in the portal equal to you or better that's not going to go get cute. And then one day you wake up and, 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 you know, you find yourself, you know, playing at a division that you didn't want. All of a sudden, you know, you don't get that stipend that you're used to getting at Mississippi State. You don't get that nutrition plan. You don't, you don't get the network of being a Bulldog. And you wake up one day and you say, well, hey, why did you leave Mississippi State? Well, you may not say it publicly, but in your heart you'll know it. Well, I got cute. I got cute. And now I'm playing at an FCS school. 
because I got cute. And I had an NIL deal at Mississippi State. They don't have NIL deals here. But I got cute. I got a few retweets and I got a few likes. Got a few people to comment on my story. I got cute. Don't get cute. Don't get cute. All right, it's time for today's top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is my friend, your friend, a friend in the industry. That industry is the mortgage industry. Many of you have dreamed of owning a home someday, and that dream has remained elusive to you. And I'll tell you, it may not just be because of you. It might be because you hitched your wagon to the wrong loan officer. Maybe you got somebody who wasn't very experienced. Maybe you got somebody that didn't carry the same weight as a guy like Blair Chandler. And that's what you get when you got 21 years of experience in an industry. You're a name people know. So get a champion working for you. And that's Blair Chandler. Give Blair a call or text today at 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. And let him know what your situation is. Guy works for Fairway Mortgage, recently voted number one in customer satisfaction. Blair gets it done. Absolutely gets it done. And right now is a great time to maybe get yourself in a position to go buy a home. Maybe you've been turned down in the past. I'm going you, before you go pick out a house and start getting the dreamy eyes, get pre-qualified. Hit Blair up and say, hey, Blair, I've had some problems in the past. However, I want to own a home one day and be able to pass this down to my children. We talk about generational wealth and things of that nature. At some point, we're all going to die, right? Wouldn't it be great to be able to pass down your family home to your children? Then they could decide. You know, if that's a, a property they want to live in, or maybe they sell it and, and divvy up the assets, I don't know. But wouldn't it be great to be able to do that rather than have them go clean out your apartment? Right? Think long term. Go to closewithblair.com. Mention to him you heard about him on the boneyard. He's going to pay for your appraisal. You'll be glad you did. Blair Chandler is a winner. He will help you win. All right, so we got hit up. I don't know who sent the list in. Roy passed it on to me. Let me look back at my text messages here. So, so it's uh, Sean Brown. So, Sean, this is your list today, also known as Emily's dad. I feel that way some too, about my own children sometimes, too. If you're like, oh, well, you're Steve Robertson. Sometimes I'm ready to go somewhere and just be like Ian's dad or Mia's dad or Audrey's dad. And there's so many people. I, I won't tell you the context, but um, – Ian and I went to go eat recently at like 2 in the morning at Waffle House. He was home for holiday break. And I was like, hey, I texted him. I said, dude, you're still up. He goes, yeah, I'm playing video games. Do you want to go to Waffle House? So while we were there, there was a group of students there that um, they were eating, having a good time. And all of a sudden, the check came, and there was some discussion about the check. So, uh, so we picked up a check. And turns out, little did I know, that all these kids knew my daughter. You're like, oh, you're Mia's dad. And you know what? I did it to make them feel better, but I thought about this too. What do you think that did for my daughter? Right? What do you think that did for her when her friends were like, hey, you're not going to believe this. We went to Waffle House late last night and ran into your dad and your brother, and your dad paid for our check. And I don't say that to praise me in any way. 
it's just I'm a firm believer in like the continuity of kindness. Yeah, like I don't believe that like you can create pain. I think it's just been transferred from one person to another forever. Because what, that's what hurt people do is they hurt other people, right? And so what if we just put a little more kindness in the world? And so there are a lot of times that I go to Waffle House, and it's Waffle Home to me. There are a lot of times that I go, I'll tip 100% of the check. Because I think breakfast servers work just as hard as everybody else does. They just don't get the luxury of big checks. And so they don't get big checks. They don't get big tips. Do you ever think about that? You think your breakfast server is working less than your dinner server or your lunch server? No. But yet we're tipping 15, 20% on that little small check. Listen, let me encourage you, over tip for breakfast. That should be a movement in this country. It really should. People work in the service industry have to put up with a lot, a lot of crap, and small tips shouldn't be one of them. But I say all that to share with you this, is that um, when I got clean and sober, I had a sponsor that was uh, really big into random acts of kindness. And doing things like he would not have be happy with me telling you that Waffle House story. He always talks about doing things out of humility for other people. Kindness through humility. He said, like, I can give you a good example. He goes, what if you saw like your friend's car in the Walmart parking lot and the lights are on? Could you go turn their lights off and then run into them in the store and not tell them you did it? I was like, I don't know. He said, well, you know, if you, if you do it and then you have to go tell them, you probably did it for the wrong reasons. Like you want praise for it. You didn't just do it to help them out. You did it because it was the right thing to do, but you couldn't go wait to get your praise for it. And that's something that I have always kind of considered. Like, am I doing things for the right reasons? That's one thing. See, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but you guys can kind of connect the dots. But like all these, quote, mission trips and things like that to turn into a photo opportunity. It's just kind of how I'm wired. If you're there doing things for the right reasons, why do you have to go out there and advertise the fact about how good you are? Right? But anyway, I've preached enough. Let's get to the top ten list. Sean Brown. Sean, I appreciate uh, you and Emily. Sean says, hey, I heard a playlist on Facebook of songs that turned 20 this year, so I thought Steve could do his top songs of 2002 that turned 20 this year as the end of the year type, top, top ten list. Well, Sean, you came to the right place. Now, this, again, is a very diverse list. There's some rap on here. There's some rock on here. There is no country. There is no country. But there's some pop. There's some R&B. There's some rap or some rock. You may not agree with my list, and that's okay. You can start your own show and have your own list. And then if I care enough to listen, I can comment about how wrong your list is. You could have your list. My list is right. Your list is wrong. That said, 2002, an incredible year in music. So let's run it back here. Number 10, and I probably took some liberties here because I absolutely dig this song, and it's kind of been an earworm here as of late, so I'll probably have to put it on after the show. But it's Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous from Good Charlotte. They had a couple of old songs there, but that's probably the quintessential Good Charlotte song. Number nine, this may be higher on your list. It's not on mine, even though it is from the soundtrack for 8 Mile. It's Eminem's Lose Yourself. I think he had some better songs that year, but I kind of wanted to talk about the movie 8 Mile, which I think is fabulous. I like everything about it. I thought it was well cast. Cheddar Bomb, of course, shot himself. So many cool things happened in that movie. And I've enjoyed, too, like my youngest is a big Eminem fan. You're turning him on to 8 Mile to kind of see the biographical story of one Marshall Mathers. Number eight, it was a huge hit. And nobody talks about this song or really this artist anymore. But it's Nora Jones, Don't Know Why. A great song, kind of a tongue-in-cheek song, too. 
You know, there's some funny things in that song kind of hidden in the lyrics. I won't comment on this. It's a family show, so I'm not going to comment on those, but you can go check them out yourself. Number seven, one of my favorite Justin Timberlake songs. And yes, I do like Justin Timberlake. How could you not? Guy's incredibly talented. He's also an SEC football fan. I went with Like I Love You featuring Clips, who are from Virginia. Of course, you know them better for uh, what happened to that boy with Baby. But Justin Timberlake, an incredible performer and a Southerner, for sure. Number six, absolutely love this performer. She has an amazing story. As talented as she is, if you don't know the Mary J. Blige story, I encourage you to get to know that. Go familiarize yourself with her history. She is someone that has overcome an incredible amount of adversity in her life, and I think that you can tell that in the way she sings. There is some authenticity in the way she sings. And as a self-taught singer, I'm sure she gets vocal lessons now, but you know, she was a young lady that basically just kind of figured it out on her own and is very fortunate to be alive. But I think the song, too, that when I think of Mary J. Blige, I think Family Affair. And this is one of those songs from this era that I think the beat is great, the video is great, Mary J. is great. I don't know that Mary J. Blige gets enough respect. I know a lot of people in the R&B community talk about her as kind of as an icon. I don't know that even that is enough. I think she is one of the more talented R&B singers of my lifetime. Number five, it's those Mississippi boys from Escatapa, Mississippi. It's three doors down. And maybe the song that more people know than any other is When I'm Gone. The video of that, of course, they're very supportive of our military families. And I tell you, sometimes we talk about that. You know, that's a life I didn't want, right? That's a life that I had a chance to choose and I didn't. And I respect our military servicemen and women and their families more than I can say. Because they're doing a job that I I didn't want to do. And maybe I'm not capable of doing it. Of course, if I was forced into it, I would. But they chose this life. They chose the life to be away from the people they love, to protect us and the people we love. What a tremendous sacrifice. I don't know that we can compensate them well enough. And sometimes thank you just seems so insufficient. When I see our servicemen and women out in uniform, I always tell them thank you for, our, for their service. Always, 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 always. It is the least we can do is to thank them for their sacrifice. And I think about, you know, again, I don't want to make this all about me, but I've gotten a little bit of dose of that here in the last year with my wife being a travel nurse. And you know, I tell you, you know, I can get in the car and go see her. I can't. I can get on a plane. I can go see her. But what about our, our friends in the military that are in harm's way and they have to depend on a Zoom call or a FaceTime or a text or an email to stay connected to the people they love to protect us? It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And so we love you. And on behalf of a grateful nation, we love your families. And again, we don't say it enough, but thank you for your sacrifice for our great nation so we can sit around and listen to podcasts and go to ball games and get on TikTok and things like that and live a life of such insignificance while you're out there putting your life on the line for us to do that. So thank you. Number four, pretty good segue here. We go from our heroes in the military to the song Hero from Chad Kroger and Josie Scott. Of course, Chad Kroger, the voice of Nickelback. They've made a comeback, too. I know many of you are excited about that, even though you won't admit it publicly. 
They're back. They got a song on the radio now called San Quentin. And Josie Scott, the former singer of Saliva. I wanted to go see Josie down in Hattiesburg. He was down. I can't think of the name of the venue down there. But I was going to go down there and see him. Couldn't get it done. That was your mistletoe marketplace. And so I I didn't go. But uh, Hero, of course, from the the Spider-Man 3 soundtrack. Great song. Went to number one. Amazing song. Number three. And everybody at some point has wanted to date a girl like Avril Lavigne or wanted to be a girl like Avril Lavigne, right? Avril Lavigne, I think, is not just a pop star. I think she writes with substance. I think she has been maybe mislabeled as a pop star because she was this teenage prodigy of sorts because she understood kind of punk pop. But Avril Lavigne is great, an amazing singer. I started to go with I'm With You because that song is so beautiful. But I think when you think Avril Lavigne, you got to go complicated, right? I remember 20 years ago going on a family trip. I think we're going back from Disney World and everybody in the car. Well, we were in a minivan then. Life wasn't always as cool as it is right now. The wife had a Toyota Sienna and was proud to have it. And we had the Avril Lavigne on a CD player and everybody sang along the complicated. I remember my mother-in-law said, I love that song because all of you love it. So there you go, Pat. Complicated from Avril Lavigne, number three. Number two, this song almost didn't make the record. I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this either until I did my research. But when Nelly released the album, he had already sent the album to be mixed and mastered and felt like it was missing something. And he comes back with Hot in Here. Where would we be as a society today without Hot in Here? Right? Everybody knows it. Everybody knows that song. Number one for me, and if you know me and you know my musical taste, you're not surprised by this. But we're going back to the first Audio Slave record, the great, the late, great Chris Cornell. I remember when I found out, I think it was in Spin Magazine, maybe in Rolling Stone, I can't remember, when they announced that Chris Cornell was joining the three members of Rage Against the Machine minus Zach De La Roca for a side project, it became Audio Slave. I remember thinking, how is this going to work? Because I loved Rage, and I was bummed about Zach leaving the band, and I love Soundgarden. I love Chris Cornell. I'm thinking, how is this going to work? Well, it worked out beautifully. And Tom Morello says there's still some, some, in, some material that was recorded by Chris, written and recorded by Chris, that has never been released. And maybe at some point they'll release that stuff. I hope so. I think that stuff deserves to be heard to kind of keep Chris's legacy alive. And, and what I understand, they've got, they have at least one full Soundgarden album in the can. It's got to be kind of remastered a little bit. And they've got a handful of like outtakes and B-sides from Soundgarden. And then there is probably, I think I read 50 or more cover songs that Chris Cornell did. Of course, that she, Vicky Cornell released the album, No One Sings Like You Anymore, last year with all these great covers, including Patience and Guns N' Roses. So there's still some Chris Cornell material out there that we're, we don't have yet. And so my hope is we get it here in the next few years. But uh, we're going back to Audio Slaves, Like a Stone. That's number one today. That's a number one song. It turns 20 this year. And if you go see the Prophets of Rage, they play this song and the crowd sings it. They have an empty microphone stand up there and they put a spotlight on it where Chris would stand. And then the crowd sings like a stone in Chris's place. And it is a very spiritual and emotional experience, especially for a guy like me that absolutely just 
admired Chris Cornell with everything that I have. So anytime we can honor the beauty and majesty of Chris Cornell on this show, we're going to do it. And that's it. Your number one song that turns 20 this year is Like a Stone from Audio Slave. If you have ideas for a top 10 list, reach out and let us know. We'll be happy to do them. Sometimes your idea is better than somebody else's. We have some ideas that are just kind of you know, bouncing around like uh, coins in the bottom of a dryer. We have some others that, uh, you know, we have some other ones that uh, we just hadn't got to yet. But maybe you have an idea that's uh, better than what we have. So we may bump you up on a list. Reach out to Roy at Twitter, on Twitter, at Dogmatic67. You can find our great list on Spotify, also at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. 6-7, his year of birth. He's older than me. I appreciate Roy more than I can say for his friendship and, of course, his service to our great show. So give Roy a follow on Twitter and Spotify, if you will. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. I encourage you to patronize that business as often as you can. Next time you're in town, go by and see their smiling faces. The bully shop has been completely renovated. It's all upstairs now on the first floor. Be sure and go check it out. You'll be glad you did. The most extensive selection of Mississippi State merchandise in the known universe. We may colonize Mars one day and find out they're huge Bulldog fans. Don't know that. You never know. It's kind of like what Ackman's razor. You know, you don't know. We'll see. But until that time, let me encourage you to Shop with Campus Bookmart. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Barnyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR. That stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net. Promo code BSR. Okay, let's talk about the news that uh, we discussed last night. And the night before at uh, jeanspage.com, there is some chatter that both Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson could go into the portal or go pro. I think it's more likely they go in the portal than go pro. I don't think they're quite ready. And I love both of those guys. I really do. I think Dylan Johnson is a fantastic young man. Woody, of course, is uh, not a Mississippian, so I don't know him quite as well. But all of my interactions with Woody Marks have been very, very positive. Both of those guys are absolute warriors, and we would hate to lose them. We would absolutely hate to lose them. And that's one of the things we've been kind of preparing for the meltdown for the last 48 hours. Nothing's happened yet. I think today is decision day, so either they'll remain or they'll go in the portal. There'll be a team left today. If they attend the team left, they're still Bulldogs. If not, we know where this thing is headed. There is also some chatter that young freshman wide receiver Xavier Thomas may go in the portal. And part of that, too, and you, you remember he elected to sign late, and a lot of that was to give LSU's new staff the opportunity to evaluate him to see if they wanted to take him. He's always wanted to play at LSU. He's coming here at Mississippi State, took over as your punt returner, did a very, very good job. You know, he had the big punt return against Georgia for a touchdown. Probably didn't play as much as we would have liked for him to have played or he wants to play. And so that's something to consider, too. Don't know what's going to happen there. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't. But I think if LSU wants him, then he will go in the portal. I don't think he goes in the portal and just takes a chance. Now, that may be a situation we have to revisit next year. Because if he does remain in Starkville, I do believe that he is going to be a much bigger part of the offense. He'll have more production and could potentially 
garner more NIL dollars from us or from somebody else. So as great as last week was when it seemed like everybody's staying, everybody's doing a great job, this week, of course, Emmanuel Forbes declared for the draft. We knew that was going to happen. No surprise there. Colin Duncan is declared for the draft, will not sign with an agent. Jackie Matthews is also declared for the draft. He will play in the bowl game. Not sure of the other. Some people have falsely reported that the guys that are in the portal, the guys who have declared pro, are not going to play in the bowl game. That is not correct. Some of those guys will play in the bowl game. So I don't know what kind of team we're going to put on the field that night. But, um, and that's where you guys are too, right? It's like, you know, we have a chance to do something we've only done eight times in our history. That's win nine games or more. And then we have some guys making decisions that maybe are not best for the team. They may consider them best for themselves. But it's not best for Mississippi State. And that's where our loyalty lies, right? Not in an individual, a player, a coach, an administrator, a president, a professor, an event management staffer. Our loyalty is to Mississippi State. And so we're going to see things a little bit differently. It's more of a macro issue with us, a micro issue with those individuals. They have to do what's best for them. And we hope that their needs and desires match ours. Because we want Mississippi State to win. We don't really care who scores. We don't care who earns the MVP. We just want to win. So our focus sometimes is not always the same. You say, well, Steve, why would Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson leave? Well, first thing that I'll tell you is they both signed on to play in a a much more run-heavy scheme. They signed on to play with Jim Moorhead and play in that RPO. Well, we run the air raid. So it's a different scheme, and that's not to say they haven't embraced it. But if you begin to think about their pro potential, you know, I'm sure they're thinking, they've got people in their ears saying, hey, you need to be in a run-first offense. But there's no guarantee you play there. You know what you have here. You don't know what you have there. You're the new guy coming in. They're expecting you to make an impact, but you may not. You may get there and find out that, hey, I was the number one running back at Mississippi State, but I'm the number three running back at Oklahoma. And so then all of a sudden you get up there and maybe you don't get the same opportunities to play or touch a football that you do here. And so you're not going to do anything for your draft stock in that respect. Just ask Mason Brooks, former offensive lineman from Western Kentucky, who had the opportunity to come to Mississippi State and play in the air raid or stay at Western Kentucky. He elected to go to Ole Miss and play in a different scheme to show that he could handle the run blocking to improve his draft stock. And then he didn't play. And so these are big decisions that have to be made. And so that's important to understand. That could happen. By the time that you listen to this show, the news may have already broken that either somebody is staying or going. It's going to be that way for a little while. So hang on to each other and hang on to your hats. Hang on to your butts. It's going to be a bumpy ride for a while. I tried to prepare you for it. So at that point, we hadn't, didn't have anybody in or declared they were going in, but we knew it was going to happen. Now that it's happening, let's not freak out. Again, I love you all, but some of you make my head hurt. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I listened to the show, Steve, and I read on the message board, you said this, and we're going to have some guys go in, but why? You know, again, I, that's why I spent the whole first segment of the show kind of explaining this is the brave new world of college football. This is where things are. That's why the Bulldog Initiative is so important. That's how you get Bookie Watson and Jaden Crumbly back. That's how you get Jaden Wally, Tula Griffin, back, is your efforts through the Bulldog Initiative. You need to check it out. And listen, I get it. I I understand the frustration. I share in the frustration too. I wish it wasn't this way. 
but me wishing it away won't change anything. That's important to understand, too. Whether we support the NIL efforts or not, they're just like gravity. They're still there. And one of the things I think is important to understand, too, is what kind of coach are we going to get when we have the smallest bucket to pull resources from from an NIL standpoint. It's like I, I see these people. It, it doesn't matter what we win or how much we win by or who we beat or what trophies we get or what ball games we get to. There are some people that are just not going to be on board with Mike Leach for whatever reason. So my question to you is, is who are we going to get? Who would come here worth their salt knowing they don't have the resources to go out and recruit and retain players that their competitors do. Oh, we'll get somebody. Well, yeah, we'll get somebody. I mean, yeah, it's, that's part of the gig. But they're going to be better than Mike Leach? You know, be careful what you wish for. And again, Mike Leach is in no danger of going anywhere unless Mike just decides one day to hang him up. And Mike, Mike's seat is not hot in any way whatsoever. But it's amazing how things have gone this, you know, we were, it was all this angst and all this anxiety about the Egg Bowl. We win the egg, and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's such a relief. It's like Dave Murray said before, your true rival is the team that the fear of losing against them exceeds the joy of winning. And that's the case with us and Ole Miss. It's like the thought of losing to them for third straight year was just more than we could take. And so it's like, hey, we got to get a coaching change. If that's the case, we can't keep losing to Ole Miss. And I don't care what generation you're from. It's never going to be acceptable for us to lose to Ole Miss. That's not the only game, but it is the most important game, period. It always will be. always has been. You find a way to win that game. Whatever it takes. And that's important to understand. Mike Leach has done that. Then it's like, oh, well, we're going to get screwed in bowl selection. Oh, we don't have an athletic director. Oh, this, oh, that, or that. Then we end up getting the Outback Bowl, the Reliquest Bowl. We get to go to Tampa for the second time in our history. Even though some, quote, experts and walk-on experts try to suggest, oh, they don't want us, there's no way. And again, a lot of people don't understand the process. There are a lot of people that are often in error, never in doubt. And a lot of them post on social media and message boards. They know. You don't know. Nobody else knows but them. And they don't know where they got it from. They just know that they know it. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Point Break where – you know, Harp is talking to uh, Johnny Utah. He goes, you know, you don't know squat. If you knew you didn't know squat, that'd be something, but you don't even know that. But there are a lot of people out here that want to convince you they know something. You know, there was never any doubt that we were going to go to a Florida bowl game unless things got absolutely chaotic on Saturday. It didn't work out that way. So now we're in the Reliquest Bowl. So buy your tickets. Be excited. Let's get excited about Mississippi State football. It's like... It's like we set these parameters on all this, you know. We set these parameters like, okay, well, if this happens, I'll be happy. And I remember reading on the message boards, hey, you know what? If we go 8-4 and four and get the egg and get to a Florida ball game, you'll never hear a complaint out of me until something else comes along. The second part is my disclaimer, not theirs. It's like, oh, I'll be happy if we have the egg and go to a Florida ball game. Well, we've got it, and it's then all of a sudden – you know, there are some players that are looking to leave, and all of a sudden we want to blame the staff without looking around the country and seeing this is happening everywhere. The NIL and the, tra- the transfer portal has changed everything in college sports. There is no longer any roster continuity. You get guys that come in, they begin to show some signs of promise. 
They're going to get courted through back channels by third parties, and some of them are going to leave. And some are going to stay, but you got to pay them to stay. you got to pay them to go through bowl games. You're going to have to pay them not to opt out. I don't like it either, but it's the reality of the world in which we live. So we can play ball or we can get embarrassed. One of the two. It's perfectly legal. And many of you out there own businesses and, you know, you've got marketing opportunities out there that you could utilize, you know, for student athletes. You could. You're already spending that money. Rather than go put another ad in the paper, maybe do a social media advertisement with a Mississippi State student athlete. And if you're worried about picking a side in the rivalry, maybe you do one with Ole Miss too. Do one with Southern Miss. You know, you welcome all comers. You know, my business is a little bit different. You know, we're, we're catering to Bulldogs, right? So sometimes I needle the other side because it curries favor with Bulldog fans. Your business may be different. But the reality of it is, is there are opportunities out there for you to get involved, and you should be involved. All right, let's thank our friends at Portico. You know, Brooks Bryan's my friend, your friend, a friend of Mississippi State, a friend of Starkville, trying to make Starkville a better place to live, a better place to work. Many of you love Starkville. You've always considered having a place here. Maybe now's the time. Maybe now is the time for you to think seriously about what's next, whether it be a future retirement home or a second home, your ballgame weekend retreat or your primary residence. Portico has a plan for you. Give Brooks a text or call today at 601-416-8075. Again, at 601-416-8075. Phase one, completely sold out. Phase two, under development. Many of those houses sold, but there's still a chance for you to pick out a lot. Pick out housing plans. If you need a custom build, Carrie and those guys can take care of that for you too. 1.1 miles away from the Mississippi State campus. How great is that? You turn off off 82 on the 12, the very first ride is Pat Station Road. You go through the four-way stop, Boomer's Portico on the right. Next time you're in town, go give yourself a self-guided tour. You'll be glad you did. The construction, fabulous. The lots, plentiful. The location, can't beat it. Absolutely can't beat it. Make Portico your next move. All right, let's talk some recruiting here. We picked up another commitment yesterday. It is that time of year. Some good things are happening. Bryce Pollock out of Snellville, Georgia. Your newest Bulldog. Went to Shallow High School. One of your better and higher rated recruits. Former Pitt commitment. He's just under an 89. 6'1", 175. Kind of matches what we want at corner. We want the long, lean, athletic corner with a great catch radius. That's what you get here. Bryce with over 30 offers. Was set to visit North Carolina State this coming weekend. He will no longer take that visit. At least that's the most recent plan. He has offers. Let me just pull them up here for you. We'll run through them for you real quick here. We will run through. I remember seeing Bryce in person. He attended a practice this fall. So offers from Ole Miss, Pitt, NC State, Alabama State, Appalachian State, Arkansas State, Army, Bethune, Cookman, Buffalo, Coastal Carolina, Colorado, Duke, East Carolina, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Jacksonville State, Kansas State, Kentucky, Liberty, Memphis, Michigan State, NC State, Nebraska, North Carolina, Penn State, Troy, Tulane, Central Florida, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, and others. So a very highly coveted guy here. Go watch his film. You'd be glad you did. The kid can really play. And we need to get some defensive backs. He visited Mississippi State last weekend. And now he's a Bulldog. And again, just under a four-star. Just under a four-star. I mean, you know, I don't think he gets there. But, you know, Martin Emerson was a three-star, too. 
right? And so he has had an amazing career. Now he's doing it in the National Football League. So uh, Bryce Pollock, now a Bulldog. And, again, this we're in a pretty good run right now. And we've talked here as of late, of course, Bryce Pollock, you know, the most recent commitment. You know, before that you had Gabriel Moore. And if you haven't watched Gabriel Moore's film, I encourage you to go do so. It is absolutely outstanding. And then a week before that, you had Jaden Hobson, offensive tackle from Hillcrest over in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And then junior college running back Jeffrey Pittman from Hines by way of Taylorsville. And so pretty good run going right now. There's not a single one of these guys I would throw back. And uh, if you've read Steve Wolfong's articles here as of late, there is another name out there that is beginning to get some traction. That is Brookhaven offensive tackle Amari Smith. He also took an official visit last week into Mississippi State. I believe his commitment to Mississippi State is mere days away. Great young man, very, very religious and devout family. Spends a lot of time at church. Rather than going to football camps this summer, he's going to church camps. Guy's got his priorities together. Wanted to stay close to home. Has an offer from Ole Miss and others. Southern Miss. Again, I think it's just a matter of time before he's a Bulldog. I've already crystal balled him to Mississippi State. The, off, the high school offensive line piece was rather interesting. It was really down to Kobe Keenum and Amari Smith. Now, Kobe was expected to visit last weekend, put the visit off to this weekend. I don't believe that visit will take place now. And I believe probably as early as this weekend that Amari could commit to Mississippi State. And, again, I don't care what his offer sheet looks like. I don't care what his film – I don't care what his uh, – his ranking is, his film is outstanding. And this kid's only played a couple years of football. You know, this is a kid, too, that's really just kind of coming into his own. And so you begin to think about, okay, what's next? If that finishes up high school offensive line, you still got some, some room to work here. you got 19 commitments now, and let's just go ahead and throw Smith into the mix, make it 20. All right, so what do you got left out there? Well, you know, you potentially got to go get some running backs. I mentioned Cavassier Smoke will visit Mississippi State next weekend. I think that gives State a little, a little time to figure out what's going to happen with Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson. I would prefer to have our guys because they know the scheme. They're part of our culture. They understand what's expected of them. You know, it's not just kind of trading out there. And not that Cavassier Smoke wouldn't do a great job for us, but he didn't know the offense the way the other guys do. But uh, as it stands today, you have one quarterback, two running backs, and that includes Seth Davis, who has had an amazing career uh, out in Texas, Katy, Texas. You currently have three receivers, so I think you'll take another running back. You have three receivers, and you've got now Rai in the portal. You may have Xavion in the portal. That means you may take two more because you don't have a 25 annual Emmert anymore. you got four offensive linemen committed. You had Smith that makes it five. Only two defensive linemen could get Caleb Bryant to bring that to three. I was told early on three is what we were looking for. You may take Caleb Bryant and then a Juco or a portal guy. But I think those needs are not quite as emergent now that you know that Nathan Pickering and Jaden Cromedy are coming back. But you've got to have some depth pieces behind him. Linebacker, I think State's recruited exceptionally well the last couple of years. Three great linebackers in last class, three great ones in this class. Going to be defensive back heavy the rest of the way, though. So I think you'll see some skill pieces. Again, probably a transfer running back, probably a couple transfer receivers, a high school offensive lineman, a high school and potentially a junior college or portal defensive lineman. I think you're good at linebacker unless you find like a rush edge, like a Tyrus Sweet guy. And I think you've got to go out there and get you a couple defensive backs. Probably got to get in the portal. Does that mean MJ Daniels? Maybe. I, I wouldn't take him as the only transfer defensive back. 
especially if Colin Duncan stays in a draft and you're looking at losing Jackie and Colin Duncan. And so you probably need a guy that's got more playing time. MJ has some ability, just didn't have a lot of college-level production. I don't think you can take him as the only transfer DB. I think you certainly would take him if you had two. Take him as the second guy. But, um, you know, that's kind of how I see things playing out. And so when you start doing the math on that and you start thinking, okay, you're adding, you know, one running back, two receivers, that gets you to three. The high school offensive lineman gets you to five. Maybe two more D linemen gets you to seven, and then a couple more DBs get you to nine. So that brings the class to uh, right around 28 players. And I think we'll have room in our 85 to accommodate all those prospects. I like the pieces we have. I just don't think we have enough of them yet, right? And so I, I don't know that I would throw anybody back, but you've got to add to what you have. State currently 31, 31 in the rankings. I thought we were going to have a difficult time getting into the top 25 because of the fact there wasn't a lot of star power in the state. So you got to find a way to get Isaac Smith. And with the losses you have at safety, he should see the opportunity to play right away at Mississippi State. All of a sudden, that gives you a fighting chance to get a top 25 class. we still got a couple of kids got to get reevaluated. I mean, Jeffrey Pittman from Hines doesn't even have a ranking yet. We've got a handful of other guys that were ranked poorly to start with and now needs to be corrected now, Hobson being one of them. I think there are some guys that committed early on, like Gabriel Moore, kind of got a default ranking. I think now maybe it's time to go back and evaluate that and give them a more extensive evaluation and probably a more proper ranking, more commiserate with their abilities. That's important to understand. But, uh, again, visitors coming in this week, uh, Ashton Pittman, defensive lineman, big four-star defensive lineman there. Would love to get him. Getting him on campus for a visit is huge. We'll see how things progress with him. But uh, that's going to kind of be the crux of things over the course of the next couple of weeks as we, you know, again, it's the 21st. Two weeks from today will be the opening of the December signing period. And so while we spent all this time and effort talking about everything else, it's kind of snuck up on us a little bit. And Paul Jones did a great job for us uh, kind of keeping everybody abreast of that. I throw in some things every now and again too, but – uh, this is an important class for Mike Leach, an important class for Mississippi State. And, again, I like the pieces. I just don't know if we have enough star power in state to really have an impact class from a ranking standpoint. But at the end of the day, it's more about how they develop and what they do on the football field. There are a lot of people that declare victory on National Signing Day. They can't do it, you know, in November. They remember what you do in November. It's easy to go out and get a bunch of guys and go beat up people in a non-conference schedule when you've got a cupcake. But what do you do late in the year when everybody's playing for something, whether it be bowl eligibility or a championship? Everybody in the Southeastern Conference is playing for something during the month of November. But that's when it matters most. And that's why we have to evaluate and develop prospects and get them in our strength and condition program and put them in a position to be successful late in the year. Anybody can win headlines in September. What do you do in November? And that's what State did this year. State had the ability to go out there and win some big ball games and play well in November and ultimately found themselves in the ReliQuest Bowl. And we're going to have more information about them, that bowl game in Illinois as we get a little bit closer to the bowl game. And that will be here before you know it too. I mean, absolutely be here before you know it. And, uh, again, I, I hope people understand. Uh, we'll preview that before I go get on the boat and head to the Bahamas. But um, we'll get that done before I leave that are probably being about uh, 19, 20 days, you know, because I'm going to go down there and spend the day. But uh, it's important to kind of understand that there are a lot of elements to this recruiting thing right now, and there's still a lot of moving parts because, again, we may have some guys leave. We may have some guys that we were counting on leave. 
And again, I take production over potential on portal guys. But when I, I think like the Xavier Thomas thing, yeah, we can we predict can we replace his production? Yes, we can. Can we replace his potential? That's the real question. That's the question mark. It's sure we can have a guy go out there and return punts for us. We can, we can. We can find somebody to do that. And maybe find somebody as good as him. But what about what he is expected to be long-term as a wide receiver and a punt returner? He's not just a punt returner. And that's part of the issue. He wants to get on the field. He should have the opportunity to do that next year here at Mississippi State. And, again, I think he has to show some you know, progression as a player and get some college-level production on the books before he starts commanding all this NIL-type stuff money. And, again, it's so crazy to think that's a conversation we're having today that we're having to make a business decision about a true freshman wide receiver that didn't have many catches. I mean, it's an interesting, interesting situation, to say the least. All right, listen, you hadn't done so, go to dogpilethebook.com, and you can get all my sports books there. Uh, Dogpile, Alpha Dogs, Flim Flam, Stark Villains. You can get signed copies there. Of course, Blooms of Oleander available pretty much everywhere else. Uh, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksandMegan.com. Uh, it's amazing that book is still selling, and I thank everybody that has bought it and supported me. You're very, very kind to do so. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you find that at StarkVillains.com. We've had a rush of, of orders here as of late uh, with T-shirts and hoodies. That's a great Christmas gift to get. You're running out of time, so you need to act soon uh, to get those things taken care of. It's important to kind of understand that we're 18 days away from Christmas. Pretty crazy to think about. We're 18 days away from Christmas. It's pretty remarkable. We've kind of let it sneak up on us. I've already given my wife all of her Christmas stuff when I went out there. I don't have mine yet, if you're listening, Mrs. Rose Bowl. But she has hers. And uh, the, the joy of giving, I did not fully appreciate as a kid. I didn't. And maybe that's just what the, one of those gifts of maturity. We talk about it's greater to give than to receive. It's absolutely true. And I guess you know, it's easy to say that when you have things, right? I can go out and go buy anything I want whenever I want to. But nothing makes me happier than putting some time, thought, and effort into buying things to people that I love and then watching them open it and knowing that I've given them something needful. You know. And uh, I'll share with you, too, like I, I'm not really an acts of service person. You know, We talk about the love languages. I've been through one of those workshops to try to find out some things about myself and make myself a better communicator and that sort of stuff. My wife is very much an acts of service person. She is. And the truth of the matter is, that doesn't really register as much with me. Like, I don't need people to do a lot of things for me. I appreciate the thoughtfulness, you know. And I'm really a words of affirmation person. Like, I tell her all the time how beautiful she is and to tell my kids all the time how much I love them. Like, my dad didn't tell me he loved me but twice in my life. And that was the day I went to rehab and then the day that uh, he died. So the two times I needed him the most is when he told me. And so... I always knew that he loved me, but it would have been nice to hear it a little bit more. And so I tell my kids and my wife that I love them all the time, probably to the point that maybe it doesn't mean as much to them. But I tell them all the time because I always think to myself, we're not promised tomorrow. And when my dad passed away, the last thing he said, he looked around the room and told all of us, I love all of y'all. And I think what a legacy to be able to say that. The last words of his life was him professing his love for his family. What a wonderful thing. And so I never want the people that I love to ever feel shortchanged 
when it comes to my time and affection, right? And so I'm constantly telling them I love them. And I'm, a, I'm the best gift buyer in the world. My wife will tell you that. I am the best gift buyer in the world. I take a lot of pride in that. I'm a physical touch person. But, you know, the acts of service thing, not always my strong suit, you know. And so I think you have to work on those things to be a more well-rounded person. And it's not just as simple as that. I mean, like, you know, nothing means more to me than when somebody tells me, hey, Steve, I love the work. Hey, Steve, I love the show. I love the book. I love the website. You know, I, I need that reassurance. Not that I'm an incredibly insecure person. My wife may disagree, but um, nothing means more to me than when I, when I get those messages and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, not constantly be on my phone. But sometimes I'll thumb through my messages and, like, I'll get a message from somebody that's just read Flim Flam for the first time or somebody that just read one of the books. And they always say, hey, listen, I just read this, and this is my favorite story. I just want to reach out to you. You don't know me or whatever, but I just want to tell you how much this story meant to me. And I've had so many people that are friends and family of the people that I've written about that have shared what it means to their families. And it's like, that didn't cost them a dime. They didn't buy me a gift. They didn't come cut my grass. They didn't come hug my neck. They just took a few seconds and they messaged me and said, hey, Steve, this means a lot to me. That means more to me than I can possibly say. It really does. When you put all this time, effort, um, and emotion into the things you do, you want to think you're doing things that matter. And so I believe that I've done that. And, and uh, it's a thing that I think about a lot. Everybody wants to know, Steve, what's next? What's next? And I don't know. And I feel like when it's time for that, I'll know. Sure, I could go write a book next year and it'd sell a bunch of copies, but I don't want to write anything that my heart is not completely in. And I've had some people that have said, hey, Steve, it's time to write the book of recovery. Or, hey, Steve, why don't you write a story about, you know, growing up in South Mississippi? Or, Steve, why don't you write about you and Dana's love story? Um, I don't know that she'd be comfortable with that, to be honest with you. I mean, while I'm a public figure, she's not. And I don't know that she would really want that thrust out into, into the public vernacular, you know. I don't know. And so I consider all that. And there are a lot of people that say, hey, let's do another Stark Villains or Alpha Dogs type books. You know, I could do that. It'd be fun to do that. I just don't know that I'm ready for that. And maybe this time, let, let me get through the holidays, and maybe I'll feel differently, right? I know my publisher would like for me to put another book together next year, and maybe I'd do it in the summer months. I don't know. You know, I've got some other projects that I'm working on right now that I'm really excited about that I hope to be able to tell you a lot more about here in the coming weeks. I've got a huge conference call coming up in January. Huge, huge, with a capital H-U-G-E in January. And that could change some things, too. And so I'm just trying to not force the process because every time that I've sat down to write a book, I have been ready to write a book. After writing Flim Flam, you know, once you kind of get, you know, get the, the monkey off your back and kind of realize what the process is like, I couldn't wait to write Stark Villains. I couldn't wait to write Alpha Dogs. Could not wait to write Dogpile. Blooms of Oleander was kind of a slow burn. You know, it was just stuff that was sitting on my computer, you know, and I just kind of work with it and you know, put some things together. And it's kind of a potpourri book in many respects. But, but I don't know what's next. I know many of you are anxious to know what's next. I've, I've had so many people to come bought books at the uh, book signings during the holidays. And I, we'll, we'll have some more of those. But um, they say, hey, Steve, do you have a new book coming out? And it, they're almost disappointed when I tell them, well, not right now. I'm just kind of enjoying my family and enjoying let my mind rest a little bit. Uh, because it is a grind. 
And until you've done it, you don't fully appreciate it. And that's one of the reasons, too, there's so many people in the writing community I have so much respect for because of the fact that once you've written one, because it's, so, like, it's so much fun to plan a book and interviews for books and begin writing a book and laying out a book. All that stuff is a blast, man. But finishing a book is terrible. It is, that is the most difficult work that I do. Because you got to do all these edits and rewrites and rereads, and then you still miss things, and you got to go back and do it two or three, four more times, and you'll have an editor that'll make a suggestion that doesn't make any sense, and you got to go defend your point. But it's your baby until you hand it over to them. And so I'm just not quite ready for that. And so give me some time, and uh, I'm, again, I'm going to enjoy my family. We're taking our first family, family vacation in seven years this December. And I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to grab my wife by the hand. I'm going to take her on the dance floor and I'm going, to, I'm going to dance in front of my kids and I'm going to have a great time. And I'm not going to care who's watching. And for those of you that know me well, understand how much I enjoy dancing. I do. I may not be as uh, maybe as light on my feet as I once was, but uh, I can still go. And so I'm going to get out and I'm going to enjoy them. And that's one of the things that we'll talk about. You know, what should I work on next? Because I want to get their input. I, I've, I've got a... Uh, I've got a friend of mine back home that really wants me to kind of write a book kind of based on us growing up in South Mississippi and some of the encounters that we had. And, of course, I would embellish that some and make it really a work of, of fiction, um, kind of loosely based on actual events. Some of that's to protect other people, too. You know, I didn't always live the best of lives. And, and I admit that. I'm very transparent about that. I don't try to pretend to be anybody that I'm not. But I've learned and I've evolved I've matured to become a better person. And some of that, maybe I'm ready to talk about publicly. You know, because there are some things that I did, you know, before I got clean and sober that I'm not proud of at all. And I'll share those things, you know, in the, in the halls of AA or in a speaker meeting or something like that. I don't, I don't know that I'm always ready to put that out there for public consumption. I regret a lot of those things, but I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of that aspect of it. And I think, you know, I'm a firm believer in the whole recovery wisdom adage of you're only as sick as your secrets. You know, so there, I, I published some things in Blooms of Oleander that I'd never talked about really before. I published them. I wrote it kind of cryptically, but it was very healing for me uh, to put that out there. Because it's like, you know, there, there's some, some secrets that I kept, you know, for 20 plus years. You know, stuff that was absolutely eating my lunch. And because I, I allowed it to fester, it kind of gave, uh, gave it power. And so I just put it out there for the world. And it's no longer an issue for me. It's like now, even though maybe you guys don't fully digest the message behind some of those words, for me, it is. It's done. And I've had other people say, hey, Steve, I love Bloom's Voliander. Why don't you write it in the book? I, I don't know that I'm ready for that either. I've got probably a dozen poems kind of put away. And some point we'll do that. But uh, I encourage you, if you hadn't done so, go buy the other books. And uh, I've had a lot of people that didn't buy anything until they read. They, somebody gifted them Dogpile, and they thought that I was a pretty good writer. So they're kind of going back and buying the back catalog. And we've had a lot of sales of the first three books here as of late. And, uh, again, Villains and Alphas will not be in print in 2023. At least that's the current plan. Now, that may change. You know, after we had this big conference call in January, things may change in a lot of respects. And I'm open to the possibilities. I'm just living life and enjoying life and, uh, and investing in my family. Because when, when I start writing these books, I get very reclusive. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't even like going to town. You know, if there's anybody around that's headed to town, I'll ask them, hey, can you pick me up something to eat? 
or I need this because I just won't go. I get so incredibly involved in it that like doing the show feels like taking a break. And there are sometimes I'll write for days at a time. I'll start researching a point or trying to find a fact or an old box score or something. And I work all night. I look up and it's, you know, the day's up and I've gotten, you know, maybe three pages written or whatever. But um, it's a ton of fun. And, um, but it's a lot of work. And if I didn't enjoy the work, I wouldn't do it. And it's amazing. I have people to walk up and say, hey, Steve, I read your book. And I say, which one? And they say, well, how many have you written? I've written five. And like, oh, oh. <laughs> so, so you got some friends out there that don't have them all. So I encourage you to get them. But um, I will have some announcements on that probably after the first of the year. Because there are a lot of people that always are interested. You know, what's going on? What do you got going on? What are you planning? And the truth of the matter is, I've got so many ideas, I probably just need to pick one. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. My youngest son, who is one of the biggest fans of my work, and he enjoys kind of reading as I'm, as I'm writing stuff. Like, he'll say, hey, do you mind if I read that? I'm sure, go ahead, you know. I think he enjoys the process. And I think he enjoys the fact that so many of you appreciate his dad's work and we, we've talked about that I've asked him recently I was like you know what, what do you what do you think you know what should be next and he's like I think you ought to write that book about how you grew up I think you ought to write that book about your friends and I don't know maybe I'll go that way you know I don't know but um I do know this I do know that I will write other books uh, God willing and life providing um and I get excited about that. I'm just not ready to do it. I'm not ready to pick a project. I mean, Sherry, it would be easy to just go ahead and knock out another Alpha Dogs and Starkville ones. But I think maybe I'm ready for something a little bit bigger. And that's not in any way to diminish the quality of those books. I think I can do that, you know, the next year. You know, I think I can knock that out pretty quickly. I've already got a list together of people that I want to interview. And I've already interviewed a handful of people that um, that will be in that book. Some of them don't even know it yet. You know, I've interviewed them in the last two years in anticipation of writing that book. And so we'll have some more stuff for you. One of the things that I wanted to do, and this will sound stupid and that's okay. Um, I didn't want to write books when I was in Louisiana because I didn't want to be labeled a Louisiana writer. I wanted to be labeled a Mississippi writer. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to tell our story and I wanted to be back on Mississippi soil when I did it. And so I waited to get back to Mississippi before I began writing books. And now, of course, I've written five. But that seems like a small thing to you. It's a big deal to me. That's the only fraternity I ever really wanted to be a member of. And so I didn't want to get somebody to try to exclude me on a technicality. So I waited, and we got it all handled. And so, so here we are. Uh, so, again, I appreciate your support and your interest in the work. And, uh, again, as always, come join jeanspage.com. We actually have a record number of subscribers right now. Things are going exceptionally well. There's a lot of news to report. And, again, a lot of stuff you see out there on social media and on other message boards originated with us, at least the true stuff anyway. And so we share that openly with our members. A lot of times people want to know, what are you guys hearing? What are the rumors? We're eager to sell it. You know, we're eager to tell you guys, you know, and, and we'll tell you, hey, not exactly sure how this is going to go, but here's what I'm hearing. I do a, one of those columns probably a couple times a month and what, what we're hearing just to kind of make you guys know kind of what's in the wind, not necessarily what is exactly going to happen, but the kind of stuff we're hearing so you – you're aware of that. So when stuff happens, you can say, oh, yeah, we've been expecting that, right? That's an important part of it, too. I want our subscribers to be the most well-informed Mississippi State fans in the country. It's that simple. I want our fans to be able to go stand at the water cooler and talk with anybody and say, no, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. I don't want you to have to wonder. I hate it when we get beat on something. 
or something happens that we weren't projecting. I, I hate it. I take it. I'm so competitive. But I also take this responsibility that I have to each of you very, very seriously. It's very, very important to me. You could listen to anybody. And maybe you do listen. Maybe you listen to everybody. Maybe you do. But I appreciate you being here with me. And I appreciate your support of the Boneyard and, uh, and, and really all the work that I've had. And so if there's anything that I can do to help, please reach out and let me know. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back on Friday. You never know. I may record Thursday night, depending on how I feel. I'll be back on Friday and uh, probably have some more portal news. We'll be previewing an official visit weekend. And so, again, these are all important stories when you think about, you know, the advancement of Mississippi State football, especially considering that 2023 schedule. We've got to get this thing right. We've got to get guys to stay. We've got to replace them with comparable or better players to ensure that next year is the season that we need it to be. We can't – we can ill afford to waste an eight-game home schedule and end up going 75-8-4. That just won't be acceptable. We've got to have a special year next year, which means we've got to have some special recruiting efforts here in the next couple of weeks to ensure that we keep the right players and we recruit the right players. That's it for today. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hey, Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.